time today. Some of them are more widely spoken than others, but I still was surprised at the large number of languages that there are in our world. In Papua New Guinea alone, there are over 800 languages spoken. The United States comes in at 335 languages spoken. To me, those numbers are pretty mind-boggling. Not because I don't believe the diversity that we have in the world, but that I can't even begin to comprehend how those different languages would sound, who would speak them, or how there could be so many languages in a country with less than 9 million people, meaning that around a little more than 11,000 people speak each language, and that's it in Papua New Guinea. How did we get to have so many languages in our world? I can't tell you a historical or linguistic analysis, but I can tell you that Torah addresses this question in our Torah portion of Noah, the portion for this week. There are nine verses, Genesis 11, one through nine, which are seemingly inserted into our Torah text without much pretense. It is the story of the Tower of Babel, a tower created by all human beings in one location for the purpose of inciting war against God and protecting themselves from any future floods a tower that the people hoped would reach the heavens. God sees this and puts an end to it and scatters the people, giving them different languages. Many people see this as God punishing the people and separating them. I choose to take it a different way. We already know from Genesis 1:27 from last week's Torah portion of Bereshit, that God decides to create human beings, B'Tselem Elohim, in the image of God. So by giving the humans different languages, God is just emphasizing the diversity of humanity. Rabbi Shefa Gold explains how she sees this as well. She says the portion of Noah blesses us with yet another rainbow, the story of the Tower of Babel. The tower of our arrogant singular purpose topples and we are given a rainbow of diversity in its place. As we seek to touch the unity prompted by hunger for mastery or control, we are answered with multiplicity. We are sent on a rainbow journey to acknowledge every shade of experience, to recognize the whole spectrum of what it means to be human. We are blessed with complex beauty, confounding paradox, and the opportunity to know and enjoy all the separate colors that together form the magnificent white light of the one. Rabbi Gold connects the earlier Brit or covenant that God has with Noah, the symbol of the rainbow, with a second Brit or covenant here, another rainbow in Rabbi Gold's words, but one which is shown as a manifestation of our diversity as humanity. The imagery here is powerful, bringing all colors from light together to create white, a depiction of God. We know that in Torah, the story of the Tower of Babel gives us 70 languages, and Rabbi Gold talks about the diversity, not in terms of languages, but in terms of colors and beauty. It doesn't really matter which way you interpret the text. The main point is that we are given this multiplicity of people. We are given that opportunity to recognize it because God made it happen. It is a beautiful sentiment full of hope and pride. At the same time, it separates us. Last night for our Nefesh program for October's Global Diversity Awareness Month, a fitting theme for this story in Torah, we had the opportunity to hear from Otis L. Scott Jr., or Scotty, about unconscious bias. 
He has a very impressive bio, which has allowed him to work on diversity, equity, and inclusion training for numerous institutions and organizations. He shared so many resources and thoughts with us that it's hard to share all of it in just one sermon, but you can still watch it on Facebook, don't worry. There were a few things that did jump out at me. One, unconscious bias is just that, unconscious. We don't intend to discriminate against one group in favor of another, but it happens every day and none of us are immune. It is not logical judgment, but hardwired based on what we are taught as we go through life. Two, there are so many different types of biases, not just the ones that we tend to hear about the most, but ones we may not even think about as falling under the category of biases or stereotypes, like surnames, height, clothing style, diet, hair color, alma mater. I wanna start with the second one first. We see bias happening in so many different ways. Scotty spoke about how you may get a job just because you have the same alma mater as the person hiring, or because your alma mater has a certain reputation about a specific program that you completed. This is relevant for jobs, but for our Jewish world, besides maybe some games of Jewish geography, the alma mater may not be that important. We have talked about our unconscious biases as a Jewish community towards Jews of color and the seriousness of it, yet we ignore some other biases that we may have, like surnames. Oh, that person must be Jewish. That's a Jewish last name. Or the opposite. That person can't be Jewish with that last name. What about hardwired judgments that Jews have dark curly hair? So don't look at me since I fit into that stereotype, but look around. This is not the case or reality for our community. Cantor Berlin has even told me before that she had someone say to her, you're the Cantor? You look like a shiksa with your blonde hair. Something quite offensive and inappropriate and rooted in unconscious bias. We are an Ashkenormative community, even though we are made up of people from all over the world. When I say Ashkenormative, I mean that we let Ashkenazic, Eastern European, cultural, ritual, liturgical, and stereotypical and language inform our Jewish practices. We are not alone in this, as I would argue that most North American Reform congregations are not Ashkenormative. However, that unconscious bias is hardwired into us from being part of this group and influence come into play a lot. Whether it is about race, surnames, language, or looks, we tend to look more towards the Ashkenazic way of life in our Jewish community. This brings me back to my first point that I learned from Scotty. What exactly unconscious bias is, and that we aren't trying to upset or offend people, we aren't intending to make these snap judgments, but they happen. At the end of the presentation last night, Scotty addressed, where do we go from here? The only real answer is that we cannot change the society, community, organization, or congregation unless every individual commits to searching for their own implicit bias and being open to changing it. We have to do the work ourselves as individuals. Take the implicit bias tests available online for free. Read books, watch interviews and trainings, listen to podcasts. There are so many opportunities for us to grow in our knowledge of our personal unconscious biases. 
I do not believe that God gave us a myriad of languages to punish us or make us have these biases against one another. Instead, I see it as an opportunity to celebrate the diversity that we have and to better ourselves and our society by recognizing the beauty and the differences of people all over the world. The range of languages, cultures, religions, etc., of people is only a negative when we allow our unconscious biases to come in and tell us how to view others. May we take the time this Shabbat, month, year, forever, to recognize our personal unconscious biases and work to correct them. May we use our personal growth to make systemic changes in our workplaces, organizations, Temple Bethel, San Antonio, the US and the world. May we teach these things to future generations and show them that we can improve ourselves and that they can do the same. May we grow to celebrate the diversity that God has given us by making us B'Tselem Elohim in the image of God and by giving us the story of the Tower of Babel to reinforce our differences across the world. Kenya Yehi May this be God's will. Mm -hmm.